Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes. 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 Whoa, 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 whoa. Did I step whoa. on it there? Yeah, you are all over my stuff. That's kind of my... I'm... What's the thing? Catchphrase guy. I'm catchphrase guy. Yeah. Mine's a uh, howdy folks. As, as, little, as text. little text. No, yeah. I no, I understand that. It's on brand. Welcome to Balloon Party, also known as Yuppie and the Douchebag. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan. Standing across from me is Action Jackson. Uh, and just to kind of set the stage for today's show and get you going in the Air Comfort Service text line, uh, Jackson overslept today. I did. I really did. And it's such a... And you're really upset about it. And that's because you were reviewing... Game film of the Blues and Bruins and kind of what went wrong to lead to the offense. Not looking like the offense has looked over the last few weeks. Yeah, I wanted weeks. to watch it twice because I didn't I didn't get a feel of it the first time. My emotions were so wrapped up into it. So getting around to it the second time was important. But it's so easy to wake up on time. So when I don't do it, it really makes me upset. But I got here before the 7 o'clock. So, what happened? so the alarm went off and then you turned it off and you just rolled over and said, ah, who needs it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think I really don't even remember doing it. That's how probably tired I was. I just I ended up just turning over. Were you up over. late? Uh, I mean, not as, you know, 11 o'clock, not probably too well, that late. That is too late for us starting a show at 7 a.m. I mean, what were you up late doing? Yeah. Did you have a lady for you? You were the most eligible bachelor <laughs> in St. Louis. I hear tell. Well, no, I had a little date with the Pelican Suns uh, West Coast game. Sweet mother of pearl. But um, that's not an excuse. The, were you tossing and turning over Devin Booker's hamstring? I'm nervous, but because uh, the Suns were injury-plagued last year and it cost them a title. But regardless, I woke up and it's just like, it's when you do it, you just got to put your feet on the floor. As soon as that alarm goes off, you got to put your feet on the floor and then you're good. And I so rarely do this. I think I've done this one other time uh, in my career in radio. And neither time well, I've it's been. Well, a storied 14 months. Right. And it's, and it's, I've never been like actually late for the show, but I'm late to do all the work I do before the show. And it, I've it never been early me. for the show. <laughs> so, on have, the other hand. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, the Blues win last night despite Jackson not, uh, or Blues lose last night despite Jackson not paying attention to it. They pick up a point, but the winning streak comes to an end. They lose in overtime. And uh, it, it not, I mean, listen, they got a point, and that's wonderful, but it just wasn't one of their better performances offensively. Uh, glorious goal. Uh, at the end of the second period. Boy, that was a thing of beauty. That was another Jim Dandy, uh, as that line continues to just produce nothing but Jim Dandies, and that ties things up, goes to overtime, and pretty quick, fast, in a hurry, it comes to a conclusion, and the Bruins get the two points last night following the Blues not necessarily having their A game. Uh, Huso, I think, kept them in it. Boston certainly with more scoring opportunities than the Blues. And then the thing that sucks here is while the Blues are playing a playoff team, the Wild are playing the Canadiens, and the Canadiens are pretty much in we've shut her down mode, and they've kind of been in that mode for a while this season, and Minnesota had no problem with them. They win last night 2 nothing, and so guess what, Jackson? By virtue of tiebreaker, even though the Blues and Wild are both sitting at 103 points, the Blues now have lost home ice. 
Five games remaining for the Blues, six games remaining for the Minnesota Wild, and both teams sitting at 103 points. So that is where it stands. Be honest with me. Yeah. I'm in no mood for you to try to run that bluff like you did last Thursday night with the Buffalo Sabres. Sure. Did you watch any of the Blues and Bruins? And at this point, your brand is that you don't, so you're not going to hide anything from anybody. Yeah, no, I didn't. So I will have this conversation with the audience at this point, and you can go back to looking at the MRI of Booker's hamstring. I hope he doesn't get an MRI. But, uh, no, I didn't. You still are going to offer a take. No, no, I will You like the uniforms last night. You didn't Uh, even uh, see. uh, Blues are at home, so they're wearing their home blues. Outstanding. Um, They weren't, though. Oh, Powders? They were wearing white. They were wearing the uh, special jerseys last oh, night it. with the, the white, and Bruins were in the black. Bruins black. Bruins got a great uniform. But uh, <laughs> I, I didn't. And I'm starting to wonder if you're playing a character. Because <laughs> no. at this point, it's so off the rails. I, I'm just. I'm it's s- fine when the team's winning games. And then the team. But now they've lost a game. They're number three in the Central. And now here you're making up what colors they were wearing. Well, I'm so unbiased with my uniform takes that it doesn't because <laughs> I don't like go Boston. Go back and double down on the uniform thing. But but Boston, the logo's great and the uniform. I love black and yellow as you know. Black Mizzou and yellow, got. black and yellow. But I'm just I just from a objective standpoint, just beautiful uniform. Well, Missouri switched to anthracite, but I understand where you're coming from, and it is black and gold. They just for whatever reason are paying homage to the Hawkeyes or the Steelers. I'm not sure what's going on, but then again, they show up in different colors every Saturday. Now, with regards to the Bruins, I appreciate the historical element of the franchise and the sweater. I yeah. do. And I actually wanted the Bruins to win their Eastern Conference final. Right. I think they were playing the Hurricanes in 2019, and if memory serves. And I'm like, if the Blues are going to win this thing, let it be against Boston, an original six team. Yeah, 100%. It carries. It just carries more. Yeah. If they were, like, playing some rando that was like a seven seed. Yeah, that wouldn't, go, oh, that wouldn't be, not that the Hurricanes were, but I, my, my premise being, let it be, and let it be Boston too yeah, after the Super 100%. Bowl and two World Series. Let's 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 get down here. If you right. want to go back to hockey, hockey and Celtic, and I'm sure you would, <laughs> yeah. let's, let's get down here and do this the right way. And so I loved it. And the fact that they won there, even though I spent a bunch of money on game six tickets, it was all wonderful in the end. With that said, uh, it's really, it just shows how tight things are. Now, you might be unconcerned with the home ice situation. It's really all that the two teams are playing for at this point. Uh, you're not going to catch Colorado, and Nashville's not going to catch uh, the Blues. So that's where things are. You're playing for home ice, and you're just at a bit of a disadvantage here with uh, the fact that Minnesota has six games remaining. So the Blues lose in overtime Last night, Jackson is transparent with the audience. He did not watch any of it, even though you did watch sports. Did you watch the Cardinals? Uh, just the very beginning, but not too much. And then, uh, but I, I was following along with it. Now, when you say you're following along with it, what was going on? I get those notifications to my phone whenever there's any time scoring happens, which can be a real actual pain in the ass because if you're the TV's behind and you get that notification before it happens, it totally ruins it. And in baseball, that's like all you're watching for. So that's kind of annoying, but I was getting I do agree with that. That's right. why I don't have it. Because right. I don't I want to turn it off. It's uh, when we were at the home opener a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. And I guess it was Pujols first at bat. And we were across the street yeah. for the Hubbard Radio Party. Right. And uh, the ball's hit. 
And I just like you know anybody else in the ballpark was hoping he would hit a home run in his first at bat. And off the bat, I mistakenly thought, oh, that thing might go yard. Uh-huh. But we're on like a, I don't know, it wasn't that long of a delay, but a decent yeah. enough delay that I could hear the. Oh, right across the street. I'm like, oh, well, there goes the yeah. drama. Yeah, you need the the real feed, like the stadium feed. That's that's not on delay. Well, the Blues' uh, schedule is favorable in the sense of who they're playing um, the rest of the way. As a matter of fact, I think there is a chance that they will be playing teams that are either just completely shutting her down, i.e., the Avalanche next Tuesday. I don't know how Colorado will handle that. Um, or, uh, or they're just out of the mix. Um, it could be interesting in the final game of the season, the last game at Enterprise Center, which is a week from Friday against Vegas, as Vegas is uh, fighting for their lives for one of the wild card spots. But uh, otherwise, you have San Jose, Arizona, and Anaheim. So just like uh, Minnesota got a nice break last night against the Canadians, the Blues are playing some teams that are either probably going to take it easy or are just out of it. I don't know how Colorado will handle it in the President's Trophy in Florida and the whole thing. Either way, disappointing in the sense. But I mean, when you've won nine games in a row, I can't really get all, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to come on here and start calling for people to lose their jobs. No. It would be great, though, if you did, considering you don't even know what colors they were wearing <laughs> last should, night. Yeah, maybe I should pick that for my next thing. But, uh, yeah, honesty and media, there's no reason to do that. Yeah, so uh, the Blues lose last night. Minnesota wins, both sitting at 103 points. For the record, the Wild have Vancouver tomorrow night. Uh, they get the Kraken back-to-back nights in St. Paul, and then they get a day off off to Nashville. And then they finish off with three at home. So five of their final six at home. And like the Blues, they are quite strong at home. And they get Arizona, Calgary, and Colorado. And again, kind of dealing with the same thing there. What's the motivation factor going to be? So it's going to be tough here at this point, Jackson. I hate to say it. Yeah. But it's going to be tough for the Blues to wind up with that second seed. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. But right now, I would consider, if I were putting out a wagering line on FanDuel, Mm -hmm. who will be the second-place team in the Central I would say Minnesota is minus 150. Okay. Yeah. So blue is probably like plus 200, plus 220. Uh, plus 175 in that range. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it, listen, it can happen, but it's going to be tough. They have the extra game, five of six at home, and they're playing some kind of randos themselves. So that's just the way that it works out. So the Blues losing last night, pick up a point, but uh, it's not a full two. And so they sit even with the Wild. And uh, they are on the short end of the stick when it comes to the tiebreaker. I asked about the Cardinals. They were wearing the red hats on the road, which is which is really that's that's the main plank of my campaign platform right. to bring back the Navy road cap. Yeah, uh, I think that's something that brings a lot of people in the St. Louis region together is the Navy uh, blue road cap. Um, and Adam Wainwright puts on a clinic. So uh, if you were concerned after the rough start in Milwaukee, which I kind of had a feeling might not necessarily go well, it was their home opener. Uh, he put those concerns to rest last night as he went back and did some work against the Marlins, plus more raking for the Cardinals last night as they beat uh, the Marlins. And uh, Paul DeYoung, who I'm monitoring closely this year, mm-hmm. uh, Paul DeYoung was productive yep. as well. I'm having this conversation, but then I realize you didn't see it, and so then I'm like, what should I do here? Well, I'm following I know. I okay, mean, so you know. Edmund still, a guy like Edmund in the lineup is so important to have, a guy who moves guys around like that. He's great, and it was good to see Goldie get a couple of hits. He did. You know. I'm going to try to acquire him in fantasy baseball in the buy low mode. He's uh, two for five last night. Albert Pujols. The highlight of the game, from my standpoint, <laughs> was him having to run. Unbelievable. 
And uh, I was thinking to myself, as I saw him coming home, I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is 700 home runs hanging in the balance. <laughs> right. I and mean, his teammates were incredibly amused. It really does seem like they're having a good time this year. 100%. Now, I'm, I'm not in there. You know, it's one of those things when I did the show with Jim Edmonds, and he would say, well, you never really know unless you're in the room. And i like, yeah, I can't say anything to that. You're 100% right. You never really know if you're, unless you're in the room. But based on the dugout, it do, and it's not just like Pujols, Wainwright, and Molina. Like the younger guys. Yeah, they're going to kick out. They're enjoying it, too. Right. And we're having some fun with it. But, man, I, part of me was just like, Hold them. Hold them, or <laughs> Albert, just if you can walk home, great. I just really want to see the 700. So two more hits for Pools. By the way, he's hitting 389. Yeah, it's, when he's in the lineup, he's so productive. Arnato, uh, first time he has had a uh, an offer. Yeah. But, uh, God, he nearly took out two photographers in the uh, in the third base dugout. Um, it just, I mean, he's just shipping the baseball right now. He's got to be seeing it so well. Looks like a grapefruit to him every time it goes up there. It really does. He is on top of every pitch. And that's exciting, man. Uh, so the Cardinals get that one. Uh, they're 2-2 two and two against teams who will be in the mix for our team that will be in the mix for the playoffs as they play the quadruple-A teams. Uh, they're doing pretty well. They are 4-1 uh, they are four and one against uh, the quadruple-A that they have faced so far this season in the Pirates, the Royals, and the Marlins. Yeah, so far the offense has looked, for the most part, solid. Uh, obviously, some question marks throughout. The the big question is, can the starting pitching go? 162 games. Will they have to make a move? And then when's Flaherty coming back? There's a lot of question marks with the rotation. But other than that, bullpen looks strong, and the offense uh, is clicking at the moment. So some things to look small sample size, but some good things uh, to look forward to. Guys, who would win in a foot race, 40 yard dash between Molina and Albert Pujols? Give me Albert. Yeah, I think I would go with Albert there. Give I got to throw down a hundred bucks and pay, make a bet. I got to make a bet. I think I'm Give going Albert. Albert. It wouldn't be. Pretty. I just don't want to see him do it because I really think the way he's hitting the ball. Right. I really do think like right now I'm on. If you go, is he going to hit 700 runs? I think I would say yes. Yeah. Just the if way I have it. to bet one way or the other, I would I would have to say yes. So I just don't. What can hurt it? Getting hurt. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. When he was around in third, that the run from third to home. Was was tough to watch, and he was, and it's like, oh, here comes the ball, but I just don't have it in me to dodge it, <laughs> yeah, or slide. <laughs> yeah. Like I'll just if I'm out, I'm out, and I don't blame him. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. Player fasciitis is so brutal. I got that to look forward to in my. Future. You know, you have it coming. My dad has it, and I have the same flat feet that my dad has. So. This is a hereditary uh, situation. Well, the flat feet are, and that's a huge. When you don't have arches in your feet, that can cause the plantar fasciitis. And sometimes, if I like, if I walk eighteen holes, it's gonna hurt my feet really badly. So I know I got that coming. So my days. Yeah, he's had that going back. I feel like since the mid two thousands, he's I, had that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I knew it was like a big talking point when he went to L A. that that was going to be a problem. But I remember it being an issue in St. Louis too. Uh, Miles Michaelis on the mound tonight against uh, Sandy Alcantara for the Marlins. That is a five forty Central time start. Uh, the Brewers, for those of you monitoring the Brew Crew, who have now won a couple in a row and are 7-5 and five on the season. They don't have the rainouts the Cardinals have had. They get the Pirates, and that's a quick day game turnaround for the Pirates and the Brewers. All right, Jackson has his fun with arbitrary percentages coming up. So would your grandma think? And uh, a wonderful question here from his list of questions, which seem to come in right around 5 o'clock every day. Do you schedule those? Is that sent at Some 5 o'clock, or is it just intentional some days you wrap up your day and I'm saying, hey, here come the questions. Some days, like if I'm closing up shop here around four, 
I'll schedule them for around five, just so it's like a nice little evening read. I kind of like. I do. I do enjoy it. All right, but we have some coming up here. Five. On the uh, on the program, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson, with you. You're welcome to get involved on the show. 65780, the Air Comfort Service text line, and you can leave a mic drop presented by Rhino Shield using the 101 ESPN app. Subscribe to the Balloon Party podcast, uh, the Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers podcast uh, here on the 101 ESPN app, and it's on the TMASTL app as well. Download the apps and enjoy the shows whenever you would like. Jackson has sent over fun with arbitrary percentages. Four to choose from. Right now, for one of them, this was sent before news had broken. So uh, the third one, I believe, uh, was sent before news had broke about a certain... So cryptic. Transfer that. Well, yeah, you know, doing a little teasing. Okay, here we go. Uh, fun with arbitrary percentage points. Number one, Jordan Bennington starts game one of the playoffs. What do you got on that? 10%. Uh, zero. Zero percent from Tim. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I, I, and I, and I, I, I realize you are not necessarily the person to gauge that. Right. I suppose I should allocate a point because what if Huso gets hurt over right. the next week and a half? Right. But otherwise, really, Huso's the the Blues goalie. Yeah, I hear. You. I now, just... what could wind up happening, and we've seen it happen over the course of you know, take your pick of whatever the t- team that goes on a run. A goalie comes in because a guy got hurt, uh-huh. and then the goalie gets hot, and then the right. organization sticks with the goalie who gets hot. And certainly, you know, it's not like Bennington doesn't have a track record. But if you're telling me, and I would say it's probably two weeks from tonight, game I'm in the end that range, maybe two weeks from last night, game one of the Blues and Wild, Vili Huso's in that, and sure. I, it's not even a sweat. Now maybe I'm wrong. Hey, it's not like I know. Right, it's not like but- I know. But I mean, yeah, if you're telling me give a percentage point, assuming there is not an injury, uh, it's 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 Billy Huso, and right. that's a hundred percent from my standpoint. And I don't like to throw around hundred percent. It's true. I, I rarely ever see you do it. Yeah. So the the thing, it's just in my head. If he can recapture the magic, if he can some, if he can get hot, like you give him in one of these last five games, and you see that he can play and he's ready to go, you put him in there. I think that's what you you pay him all this money for is to get him in the playoffs doing what he did in 2019. That's so you why. really think that they might do that based on in the final week and a half where they're kind of not really playing for, relatively speaking, all that much in comparison to what usually is the case if you are not a division winner or President's Trophy contender. I mean, they're, they're playing for home ice against the Wild at right. this point. Well, my only thought process behind that is if you do put in Huso, the Blues do make a run. Now you're going to end up having to pay Huso. And now you got two goalies on your roster who are making a considerable amount of money. Yeah, and I, I have feel to ship like, one, obviously. Uh, well, I don't necessarily think that's the case. We talked about that with Jeremy Rutherford that you have a few teams that actually are spending close to you know ten million dollars on goaltending. Not that it's a common thing. Mm-hmm. The question would be if that's the role Huso would want, um, and then how it would play with Bennington. Sure. Um, but with with regards to that, I don't think you, and I would hope they don't. I think we saw the Cardinals do that with Matt Carpenter. I don't think you're playing contracts. You're playing to win a Stanley Cup. Right. And uh, I don't think you're going to see the Blues play the contract. Vili Huso's the starter, and barring injury, I, I I don't know how many times, Jackson, I'll throw around 100%. Right, it's rare. But I'm going 100% on I just that. wanted to see where you were at with that. Uh, yeah, I'm 100%. Second one, Vladimir Tarasenko is St. Louis Blue next season. This one I have to go in the tank on. Yeah. No pun intended. Um, Man. 
I'm going to go 33%. I was going to say 45%. With how he's played this year, I just think he's got one more year left on his contract. I think I know, and I really appreciate, by the way, Uh the way Doug Armstrong plays the game. Uh Uh-huh. And it's to me, it's the way a lot of entrepreneurs play the game. It's business people play the game. Um, and it is, he is the aggressor. Mm-hmm. And he also adheres to what is a very basic principle, um, which everybody has heard, which of course is buy low, sell high. And you didn't want to sell in August of last year um, unless some, they were going to take him off their hands in Seattle. And so now you're stuck with him, and then all of a sudden the stock has gone up in a monster way. I think better than anybody could have possibly expected his performance. Um, And so, therefore, sell high. Sure. So that is my reasoning on the 67% that he is gone, and therefore 33% that he is still a blue. You say 45% he's gone. Yeah, just because I think you got one more year on your contract left with the blues. Let's ride it out and do it that way. But I hear where you're coming from there. That's shrewd business. Tim, it's refreshing to see a local team not play a contract. That's from the 636. Yeah, I just don't think there's a choice on it. Yeah, especially with the how the Stanley Cup playoffs is such a grind that you got to put the guy who's in there who's the hottest. Yeah, it's, it's it, from my standpoint, it's not even uh, – and listen, by the way, you know, hey, I, if my opinion changes based on new evidence, it does. And I think I was sitting here in January going, Jordan Bennington's going to be the goalie. Right, right. But things clearly have changed over the last two, three months. And so – from my standpoint, whenever that first game is against the Wild, barring injury, Tarasenko, or excuse me, uh, Huso's in net. And then when it comes to your second question on Tarasenko being a blue next season, I just I would be very surprised if they weren't going. Okay, wow, right. we 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 got fortunate here, and that this asset has increased. When one of my favorite Cardinal trades is one I can't imagine many people would cite as a great trade. But it isn't because of what happened baseball-wise after it. It's because of kind of the business of the trade. And that was in 2014 when the Cardinals traded away Alan Craig. Uh-huh. Uh, and they also traded Joe Kelly, right. which at the time didn't seem like that big of a deal. It was Lackey and Craig who were the headliners, and Kelly was kind of the throw-in. And I think Kelly wound up having the biggest impact of the three. Yeah. But I loved that the Cardinals were cutting ties with a declining asset. Sure. And sometimes you have to do it. And it wasn't hard feelings necessarily. It's just like, we don't, we're we short in this. We think Alan Craig is, is in big trouble. Yeah. And he was never the same. I yeah. mean, he just was no. never the same after rounding first base in Cincinnati on a September night. And, uh, and they cut bait with him. And I think that wound up being a huge move for the Cardinals. Now, you can say, oh, that sucks that they lost Kelly. But Lackey was super helpful. And he started game one of the NLDS against yeah. the Cubs, if I'm not mistaken, in 2015. Right. Uh, so he was a key play in game four for that matter. So um, I like the the buy low, sell high. I like cutting ties with with even that can be tough. And I'm sure some fans would go, oh, my God, you're going to trade him now. Yeah. But what chances are there that you feel like you're going to get the same production you got in 2021, 2022 from Vladimir Tarasenko, knowing that, that shoulder is still, you know, that could be a ticking time bomb. There. Sure. Absolutely. And so from that standpoint, to me, I would actually be surprised but just on the off chance that they are just so happy with each other and they're like, we can't replace this, so mm-hmm. we're going to ride it out. And if he gets hurt, he gets hurt. But the reason for him asking for the trade is now water under the bridge. Then perhaps that's why I give it 33%. Sure. But if I know how Doug Armstrong plays hands 
from that standpoint, I would expect them to trade him because you are selling at the peak value of the stock. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, number three, this is the one you're referencing. Yeah. Yuri Collins transferring to the University of Missouri. 1%. You got it at 1%. It was a lot higher before Nick Honor from Clemson said he was uh, committing yeah. to Dennis Gates and the Missouri Tigers. But I always thought he was going to Tennessee. Yeah, that's the early reports, but I mean, you know, you, you don't know the sources on that. You never know, especially with college kids, you know, how they're going to make up their minds. But I would love to see Yuri go to Tennessee just for him as a person. I would be I hate it for SLU and I hate it for Mizzou who have to play him, but uh, I would be really excited for him because he's such a good point guard, such a good player, great guy, St. Louis guy. Uh, and I totally respect him making the move to better his future uh, and sacrifice his friends and, and family, basically, at SLU. So, well, uh, along the business lines of the, uh, the the trade that I loved, Lackey pitched for the minimum in 15-2. That that's another part. That's why I loved it mm-hmm. from a business standpoint. I just I loved that trade. And I know it, it's not – you talk about great Cardinal trades in history. I imagine that isn't one that you're going to have mentioned all that sure. often because it's not like John Lackey became what Lou Brock became – what Matt Holiday became, if you want to cite one from the last 13 years. But uh, from a business standpoint, to unload what was what was like a 90% from my standpoint, sure, Albatross contract, and you actually had a buyer on it. Right. And then you got Lackey for the league minimum in 2015 when you were desperate for a starter. And he was really the only thing the Cardinals had as far as a starter goes in that NLCS. That was the guy you counted on. I really think that series could have changed uh, – had Matheny left him in a little longer in, uh, in, I think it was game three in San Francisco, game four in San Francisco. But either way, uh, yeah, I loved that trade. Uh, if Laddie wants to be here, he stays, in my opinion, because he can't replace his production. His shoulder seems fine. He's taken many hits and no problem. I think there's a good chance he retires a blue. We will see. And if indeed that is the case, I, I listen, that, that they may have been what caused the ask of the trade. That might be water under the bridge, and that's what I was citing. You can't replace that production production i just i I could be off the mark here but this is kind of a this if this if if the tarasenko situation were with john mazalak as as the general manager and and bill dewitt is the owner yeah i think it i think he stays right and this by the way it's not a criticism but i think bill dewitt really values the legacy play the emotional play okay tarasenko retires a blue wonderful story right but Armstrong's more, you know, I don't know. I I don't I use this as a compliment. Maybe someone consider it, you know, as a shot. I consider it a compliment. He's more of a business gangster. Right. right. You know, Petrangelo, you want to travel around, that's fine. We're not waiting. Tory Krug, come on down. Right. You know, we don't we don't wait around. Yeah. We will be the aggressors. And maybe we will miss the mark, but we will take our shot. And and while Nick Letty didn't have everybody excited a couple of weeks ago, Nick Letty has been a big reason for the Blues big streak time. that came to a conclusion last night. Along those lines, I just think part of being the business gangster is to capitalize on this and sell the stock at its absolute peak. I mean, the stock's never going to be higher than it is sure. right now. If anything, sure. you hope that you can get through the postseason healthy. Uh, and uh, final one, the Cardinals make a move for another starter before or at the trade deadline. Jackson, what do you got on this one? 75%. I'm going to go 100%. <laughs> I hate to become a takesmith, right. but I'm but I'm all but certain. Yeah. I, mean, I, I would have said this before the season. Yeah. But seeing as, you know, I think this division is 
is going to be there for the taking. Not that that's surprising. And you might not have necessarily what you expected from take your pick of whichever quote unquote, um, I don't want to call them also Rands, but not your Adam Wainwright. Yeah. So whether you want to go Matt's, uh, obviously Flaherty's a question mark, um, but Reyes is, of course, a question mark. Matt's, Michaelis, Hudson. Uh, Hudson has been a little shaky yeah, here, and then we sure. haven't seen Hicks. We'll see him tomorrow. Yeah. I don't know how they can't. Right. Exactly. Now, I'm not, now, let me make this clear. When I say 100%, I'm not talking about, hey, Max Scherzer will be joining <laughs> right. the club. No. It's probably a guy we haven't heard from who plays for the Guardians because that seems to be a rite of summer here. <laughs> Always is. But, but yes, I do, I, I do expect them to do that. And I could see, you know, Yadier Molina, Albert Pujols, and Adam Wainwright standing outside the door for <laughs> yet what would be another marketing push for tickets to say, all right, you know, you've used our images here for the last year to sell tickets. We want a starter for the final two months of our careers. Yeah. Let's go try to win this thing. Absolutely. Yeah. What if, if the if the rotation does give them problem and it's so tough. That's why I that's why I distinguish between when they're playing the Brewers, a team that most likely will be in the postseason, doesn't mean they're a world beater because I think the Cardinals could wind up winning ninety games and not necessarily be a great team because of the division they're in. So when they're playing the good teams in the National League, and so far they've played one, and then they've played three quadruple-A teams, it's not like they're killing it. Um, but from a rotation standpoint, I just can't imagine the depth is there. The reason why the Blues are so dangerous is because they have scoring depth. The Cardinals are so vulnerable because they have starting rotation depth. Yeah, and I think you know, you want to say, well, Flair, they'll be back, so maybe that. But with the his shoulder injury, and you've discussed this before, a shoulder injury for a pitcher can be really bad. And that timetable that they give, you know, they could be back, but who knows if they're going to be right, and who knows how yeah, long man, they'll need to fully recover. So I think that they're going to need to make a move because if they're giving away games where the offense performs well but the pitching is a big problem and they're going to their bullpen too early – then you're going to see some serious problems come to dog the end of the summer. So I think they're definitely going to need to make a move. Uh, guys, that's something I really appreciate about Armstrong. It is the business gangster side of him. That's from the 636. I love it. I love it. I think fans appreciate that. I think fans appreciate, I th- and not all, because a lot of it's always going to be results-oriented, but uh, appreciate taking a shot. Right. I think, I think that might be an American thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to take a shot. Yeah. We're not just going to, yeah, it might not work out, Mm -hmm. but we're not going to be lying in bed when we're 90 years old going, I wonder what would have happened if we would have done this. Mm -hmm. They take their shot. But, you know, just like this year, it's not like they went balls to the wall, like say the Panthers did. Uh Uh, And like, okay, this team's good, but we're not going to sell the future just to take our shot. It's it's calculated risk taking. And I respect that in business. We got a break. I'm sure I'm super late (laughs) for a break. You are listening to Bloom Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you here to the top of the hour. Then BK and Ferrario will take things over from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. And then the fast lane with Jamie Rivers, Brad Thompson, and Anthony Stalter. And, uh, Jackson, you uh, have to be excited because uh, the Nets and the Celtics pregame is at 5.30 p.m. here on 101 ESPN. I cannot wait for that game tonight. I'm so excited. Wow, you're not, at, you're not, you're not playing a character right now. You, you smile Kyrie, came over you. Kyrie back in Boston, Tatum balling. KD's always a threat to score from anywhere. I mean, this is going to be an awesome series. But probably one of the best 2-7 series in a long time. 
Um, we, if we have time, we'll break it down. But in the meantime, great story here just posted uh, by Katie Wu of The Athletic. And uh, you can check that out at theathletic.com. And it details how 48 hours changed everything for the Cardinals and Albert Pujols. Good story mm. here. Mm. Um, it was not unusual, I read, when Molina reached out and FaceTimed Albert Pujols on March 26th from the Cardinal Spring Training Clubhouse. The two, described by Molina as brothers, have been in constant communication since Pujols left St. Louis for the Angels following the Cardinals' last World Series win in 2011. Uh, Molina said, we probably stay in touch two, three times a week. Molina wanted to know what Pujols was up to. Pools had not been picked up by a team, though there were a few with interest in at least one potential deal on the table. More precisely, though, Molina wanted to know why Pujols wasn't a Cardinal yet. Quote, when Yachty reached out and we talked, I thought, okay, there's a chance for me to be reunited here, Pools said. And the wheels began to spin. After his call with Molina, Pujols received a text from Ali Marmol. They agreed to talk on the phone. Marmol also reached out to Mazalak to let him know he'd be in contact with Pools. And then Mazalak said, all I said to Ali at the time was, please just follow up with him. Let him know that you and I have spoken and that at some point in the next couple of days, I will try to follow up. Uh, Marmol knew exactly what his next move would be after he talked with Pools. And in his conversation with Pools, he said, we got to talk and I was gauging where he was physically and mentally and his interest in being back in St. Louis. It was pretty clear immediately that his desire was not just to sign with any team and play one more year. But it was to finish here. He was telling me he was in shape. He had lost 15 pounds or so. He was taking live at bats, and he was hoping I would call. Uh, so Marmol said he immediately texted Mo. The text was simple. It was only three words, but it, it did not require further explanation. Quote, five once back. And then things got underway. By Sunday morning, Mazalak was beginning to form a game plan. He checked in with Pools, telling him he would like to speak directly on the phone at some point. And then he met with Marmol in his office, and away things went from that point to reaching out to Dan Lozano, Pujols' agent, and it all wound up happening in the course of about 48 hours. Uh, soon after speaking with Lozano, Mozeliak took his daughter, uh, Allie, to dinner, and when he returned, it was pretty evident what the path forward would be. In fact, it was so clear that when I hung up the phone with him, I went and packed, Pujols said. I knew there was something pretty good that was going to happen, and word began to spread. Brad, that Pools was heading back to the Cardinals, though an official deal was not in place. And Yachty and Wainwright were calling me, asking if I was on a plane yet. Molina said, I was anxious. I started calling him and asking him the same questions, and he would just say, be patient. It's going to happen. Uh, so that is the background on it. It was a FaceTime between Molina and Pujols so awesome. that led to Albert Pujols. And what I hope will be one of the greatest moments in Cardinal history, and that is Albert Pujols hitting his 700th home run in a Cardinal jersey. So awesome. I, I love the five once back. That's just so perfect. Yeah. And it's, it's great. The, the friendship was so evident. I mean, it's been evident forever. But when he came back in 2019 and the hug they had at home plate, and now to see him back together playing again, and, you know, anytime they're in picture in the dugout, just hugging and smiling, it uh, it's cool, man. It's cool for as long as we were with baseball and the lockout and how down we were on it. And as a culture, to be back with Albert Yadi and Wayno again, it's just really cool and really cool how it worked out. It's a great story by Kay Wu. I like uh, what uh, Marmol says here because this this sums up where I am on this. Uh, he says this is more than just a story of Albert coming back to St. Louis. We made the move because we thought Albert was our best play to win. 
And I really do think that, too. And I think at this point, granted, it's small sample size, and three of the four opponents have been teams that most likely will not be uh, in the mix when September rolls around. But I do think you're seeing how well he's hitting the ball, especially hitting left-handers. Not that that's a surprise. And uh, it, I do think it's a baseball move, but it's also a business move. I just really hope that they fire their best shot if they are indeed in the mix. Yeah. So yep, with absolutely. that said, five once back. That is awesome. That's from the six three six. Yeah, what a great, what a great text. Uh, and when all was said and done that day, Molina had just one more thing from Mazalak. He said, "Thank you for making this happen." Yeah, dear Molina to John Mazalak. So cool. Right that? there, right there. Uh, uh, great story. You can read that at theathletic.com by Katie Wu. That just uh, posted here within the last few minutes on the Athletic. You're always welcome to get involved on this radio show by texting in 65780-65780. We read uh, right around this time yesterday, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar giving his opinion of winning time on HBO. Last night, uh, Jerry West's attorney notified HBO and Adam McKay of winning time that they are demanding a retraction over the TV series portrayal of Jerry West. Quote, the portrayal of NBA icon and Lakers legend Jerry West in winning time is fiction, pretending to be fact, a deliberately false characterization that has caused great distress to Jerry and his family. That comes from his attorney. Contrary to the baseless portrayal in the HBO series, Jerry had nothing but love for and harmony with the Lakers organization and in particular owner Dr. Jerry Buss during an era in which he assembled one of the greatest teams in NBA history. Uh, Jerry West was an integral part of the Lakers and NBA's success. It's a travesty that HBO has knowingly demeaned him for shock value and the pursuit of ratings. His attorney says HBO series creators have acted with legal malice. And I think that's an important quote in this statement uh, to HBO because uh, the only legal course I ever took at the University of Missouri Journalism School is communications law. And one of the reasons why you don't see public figures suing, even though things get written all the time that are just flat out fake and not real and false, uh, is because one of the duties of the plaintiff is to prove malicious intent. It's all it, You can say, well, it's false. Uh, but then you have to also prove malicious intent in a slander suit or a libel suit. Mm-hmm. And that is a difficult burden so uh i believe i believe by using that term they may be setting up for action i'm anxious to see how adam mckay and hbo respond does this change the way you view the show both of us have talked about how much we love the show and even if you're not an nba fan i know it's kind of a running joke here on the show with jackson loving the nba it's just a great show right but i will say this I remember watching one of the first episodes, and Jerry West is throwing the uh, trophy through the window and breaking golf clubs, and I'm going, man, I didn't know Jerry West was like this. Even though HBO says on the front end and the back end, this is a fictional, you know, right. I don't know what the official words are, but they say that this is a fictional state of, you know. Historical events. Uh, Fictionalized version of historical Thank you, events. sir. Thank yeah. you. kind, sir. Yeah, and in, in, it does, in a sense, kind of change it, because I, I was the same way when I the first couple episodes were pretty much dedicated to Jerry West. And it's just like, man, they are really painting this guy as a, as a curmudgeon and guy who wasn't willing to change the times and kind of weak in a sense. But the basis of his kind of character is that he's so tortured by only winning one championship, only never, you know, getting over the mountaintop of the Celtics. And that's where his anger and his 
stuff comes from is from that. And they kind of do the same thing with Pat Riley, just kind of being a guy who's great in college, but never really panned down the NBA. So there is a basis for it. They are creating a character in a sense. But when you're doing that with real people, you're kind of playing fast and loose with ethics. And it's tough. It's a really tough line to walk because you have to make an entertaining show. You have to, you know, play out your vision, but you also have to realize that you're playing with someone's life, too, and their reputation. Wes Lawyers said he is due a retraction apology and damages from HBO and the show's producers because, quote, the show goes out of its way to denigrate Jerry West despite his accomplishments as an executive. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Michael Cooper, both who played for the Lakers, uh, and then Mitch Kupchak, who was with the organization in the front office at that time, all have also issued statements in the, in this letter to HBO, uh, standing by uh, Jerry West and his family, saying that this is just a false representation of who he is. And so you have two different questions on this topic. The first question is, uh, legally, what is HBO's position? Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about whether one agrees with it or not. I'm talking about from the letter of the law. Now, in a very limited amount of uh, research, because this just came out last night, um, lawyers are telling me HBO is actually, whether one agrees with it or not, that they are in a pretty good spot because they are saying that this is a fictional. It's not like they're representing that it's the truth. Right. So they're saying this is a fictionalized version. Then you get into the ethical element of it. Right. Exactly. And, yeah, I'd be uncomfortable with it. Yeah. I would be uncomfortable if somebody were doing this with me, if somebody mm-hmm. were doing it with a family member, or, if, you know, uh, if somebody were doing something that I lived through, and they're just making things up. And we read that thing from Kareemi Abdul-Jabbar yesterday. He goes, it's just fiction. I mean, I, I at this point, I'm 75, and people have been making up things about me for 55 years. I'm just not going to fight it. I just think it's kind of boring, but right. it's fiction. Mm-hmm. I told you about Mark Mulder saying I, you know, was entertained by Moneyball, but it was just fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, Art Howell was not a curmudgeon. Right. Art Howell was not against doing what Billy Bean wanted to do. Uh, that, that's But you got to create storylines, and that's yeah. what people do. Um, a movie I loved, Cinderella Man. Mm-hmm. Max Bear's family, who was the boxer Russell Crowe's character, uh, defeated at the end right. of the movie. Uh, his family, and granted that was in the 1930s, but his family was beside themselves with the portrayal of Max Bear. Right. Saying, you know, that's just not who he was. It wasn't even close to who he was, but you had to build up the character. So that's a tough spot, man. I mean, right. you have the ethical side of it. I personally wouldn't be comfortable with it. I'm not saying I'm operating from some high moral ground, uh, but I just personally, I'm, I'd just be, a, I'd have a problem with that. I wouldn't do it, and I wouldn't want it done. And I also wouldn't want it done even if it didn't involve me, but I knew something was false. Right. Um, and then on the other side of it, then there's the legal element of it. And sure. that's what this is going to come down to. Right. So right. I'm anxious to see what HBO and uh, Adam McKay have to say in response to this. Right. When, and if it impacts people's interest in the show. Absolutely. And with plot, you need a protagonist and you need an antagonist. And as a person who writes a screenwriter, they have to make the audience dislike the antagonist and root for the protagonist. And so when you're dealing with real people, a la Max Bear or Jerry West, if you're creating an antagonist, you're going to have to make it so that the audience is against them. And that's really tough when you're using real people because if it's not completely accurate, you're messing with their reputation. So they make Jerry Buss out to be a folksy guy who really wants to do this for the love of the game of basketball, not so much the money, which that's included a lot, but it's more about him losing money than making money. And you have to make essentially Jerry West, the guy who didn't want to draft Magic Johnson, so he becomes the antagonist. You have to make the audience root against him. Which is another thing that the uh, West family says is uh, is false, that right. he did want Magic Johnson. All right, we got a break. Uh, so what your grandma think coming up? You are listening to Balloon Party on 101 
We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Final segment of Balloon Party. Bud Bash tickets. 101 ESPN, your chance all this week to win a four-pack of tickets to next Tuesday night's Budweiser Bash for the Cardinals and the Mets. The first Bud Bash game of the 2022 season and features an exclusive Keith Hernandez limited edition bobblehead giveaway. Get all the details for the season series of Budweiser Bash cards games now at cardinals.com slash promotions. Jackson, what do we have? Well, we got a text of the day winner who's going to the Cardinal game, Bud Bash tickets. Uh, Just tuned in. Glad we're deep diving into Jackson's feet. Sent in earlier in the show. You spent some time on your plantar fasciitis regarding yep. uh, Albert Pujols. Yep, and I like that we got to that in the opening segment. I think that well, was I mean, important. you never want to bury the lead. That's never the key when it comes to uh, journalism. Uh, well, poor time management on the part of uh, me, so we'll blame Jackson for that. Yep, that's on me. Uh, that's the way that it goes, and so therefore, no. So, what your grandma think? But BK and Ferrari are up next in a matter of moments here on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101. ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.